Hey, welcome back to the episode of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once again as always by Drew Bishop, and this is episode 124. It is Thursday, August 17th. Man, September is almost here. Uh, summer flies by. <laughs> Hopefully we can get out of this. I just saw Austin. It might be 109 in Austin today. So right. I'm I'm very much looking forward to not looking at the weather apps and seeing a bunch of insane 100 degree it was so bad that i was walking the dog last night and it was 92 degrees at like 9 p.m and it felt tolerable you know that's that's the kind of state we're in you know when 92 degrees at night uh feels feels okay but uh we're gonna do area code upper class today if you missed a previous episode we went through the underclass group team by team uh, mention a ton of players, ton of observations, ton of notes. Uh, you can go check that out wherever you uh, consume podcasts out. But before we get into the upper class, Drew, how are you doing? How much training camp information have you consumed? Um, what, where, where are you on the uh, fantasy football preparation? Um, I keep forgetting, like it's it's almost go time. Like college football starts in what, like. 14 days. They probably have a Thursday game in two weeks, probably. Yep. It's close. No. Oh I, my gosh. I'm finally, finally getting a grasp of what's going on in the football world. You know, I get to now that we're back home and don't have to be at Melissa every day, getting to walk the dogs and listen to more podcasts and, and all that. So I get to catch up on some of that stuff. So that part of it's nice. Um, been watching hard knocks. Uh, and I, I'm excited. I'm excited for football now. Um, my irrational hope for the Longhorns is creeping in. So, oh, yeah, they. May. You say you say rational hope. Those two things kind no. of contradict a little bit. No, no, no. I said irrational. Oh, irrational. Okay, okay, that fits. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, well, well aware of that. Um, but uh, same with the Cowboys. Um, you know, I. It's a little bit different now because the Eagles are in the in the division, so it's kind of sobering when you look at that. But man, I I like what I'm seeing, hearing, reading about the Cowboys. Um, they obviously now that Zach Martin's back, that's a big deal. Um, so yeah, I mean it's my teams are still undefeated right now. So uh, and then I did I set my keepers for my fantasy league finally. Who do we so, keep? Um. I went with Tyreek Hill, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, and uh, I I went with Mostert because he was like a one dollar pick from last year. Um, and no, Dalvin Cook didn't end up didn't end up in Miami like they speculated, right. so his value is really good right now. Yeah, so I'm 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 pretty happy with that. I had some other guys like Kyle Pitts was one I toyed around with, but I just my keeper. <laughs> my keeper value for him is was actually more than or what I got him for last year was more than what he's seemingly going for. Um, and I think that I think Bijan's going to steal some more, some, some of those catches from him as well. So yeah, it's possible. So kind of I backed off of that one, but so I'm, I'm feeling good. I, I ultimately went up with Mostert over him, which I feel good about because yeah. he he's got that home run ability. You know, he can be a double digit point guy and on mm-hmm. one point. Um, and especially in that offense where the focus is not going to be on him. 
that I I do like that. If he can stay healthy, he may put up some monster numbers. Yeah, he could. He could. So yeah, it's uh man, I keep I keep looking. I've got like a ton of catching up to do with with all that stuff. I feel like I'm like totally out of the loop with with everything football related right now because we're still in uh uh rankings rankings mode for the 2025 or 2024 class in texas which that i mean the list is done i just have to write it um and i wrote 2200 words last night just about the top 10 players so gives you an idea of how long i take with this stuff but uh that mode and then area code uh upper class and eventually knocking out um all those notes so uh, well, let's get into the area code upper class. Uh, they changed up the the format this year. You know, instead of just kind of a, I don't even know if you call it round robin, just an exhibition of, you know, so many games. They did four games. And then the final day was like a competition, like yeah. seven played eight, um, up and down the list with ending with the Yankees and White Sox playing in the, in the championship game, which the Yankees ended up winning, even though I think we'd both agree that the White Sox were – were the better team throughout the tournament, but uh, we'll start with, with the local guys, the Rangers, the Texas Rangers, the, the representing the state of Texas um, <laughs> ended up 0 and 5. Um, a mix of, of definitely some, some good things, but uh, it was also, it, it was pretty tough. I mean, if we're going to be honest about this group, uh, it was, it was very underwhelming. It was, the performance was underwhelming. I think the energy, the competitiveness was a little bit underwhelming relative to other teams in the event. Yeah. And I, I I think, you know, sometimes players in this position might need to understand to look around that even if you don't think of yourself as a guy that's going to be a pro guy out of high school and, you know, let's be honest, like, <laughs> based on what we saw, there's not many of those guys right now, but still these guys, these scouts that are coaching you and running this, and I put these teams together and are watching you in the stands. They're going to be the same guys that are scouting you when you're a college guy. If you're going to Texas or LSU or A&M or TCU or Baylor or uh, Oklahoma or Oklahoma state, like, these okay these are the guys like yeah you might not be a pro guy out of high school and they're going to still scout you in high school but they're going to be scouting you again in college and um it was just a, it was a it was a little disappointing just to kind of see that there wasn't quite that energy and competitiveness and and that urgency uh that maybe other guys had and i think it reflected itself in in the in the games and you know oh and five and things like that but um you know, just if we're going to keep it real, that's just kind of how it went for this group. But there there were a lot of really, really bright flashes um, going through the roster. I mean, obviously, it's a talented group. I mean, it's the best of the best um, handpicked by scouts from the state of Texas. Um, and I think you got to start with Kate Aaron Bide, who ended up being the player of the week uh, awarded by area code, which uh, for good reason. This is the second year in the row. He went out there and he hit at a high level. He did it last year as an underclass guy. He did this year as an upperclass guy. He hit two homers. Um, ended up hitting 667 with an OPS of 2.283 and only struck out once. So that those numbers were indicative of how good he was. Um, hit a homer out the left field. I believe he hit, I think both his homers were out the left field, but one came on a breaking ball. Um, drove an extra base hit into the right center field gap. 
threw out a runner with a really, really good pop time. I think it was like 185 or 190, something like that. Really showed that plus arm behind the dish. Um, he really, really helped himself. I, I think going into this, obviously, he was a household name in terms of his talent and what he could become in this 2024 class. But uh, he he helped himself a lot because he went out there against really, really good stuff and hit at a high level. And I think the second guy who maybe boosted his stock the most, because Aaron B-Day was way, way up there to begin with, uh, was Cooper Williams. Cooper Williams was sensational. Uh, four innings, eight strikeouts, two hits, no walks, uh, 89 to 94. He was still touching 94 in the fourth inning. Good tempo on the mound. I like the delivery. I like the operation. The changeup was really good. Moved the fastball to both sides of the plate. Uh, breaking ball. He's not one of these, you know, high spin breaking ball guys, but I think he gets the pitch to do what it needs to do in terms of its break. Uh, can drop it in for strikes, uh, can kind of put it in the dirt when it needs to later in the count. Um, it was a really, really, really good performance by him. And I think that he, you know, talking with people after area code, he was unanimously mentioned as a guy that the stock went up for him. Uh, and, and, you know, being, you know, 6'4", 175 and left-handed definitely plays into that. Uh, but he he really, really helped himself. Um, but uh, who were some other guys for you that you think had some had some bright moments out there for this group um, throughout the week? Yeah, uh, several. Like, like you said, it's kind of funny that I, I had a couple guys marked down as as having good performances or or, or showing something that people could go home with. Yeah. Um, and, that, you know, that's a big part of what this event is. But like you said, it was a little bit disappointing. I think you touched on it and said it the best, the, like the collective – energy output from the group and just kind of the vibe from the whole team was was lacking mm-hmm. uh, but you know that said there there were a few guys that you know that that hadn't been at some of these types of events that um showed some stuff that you know like i said that people can go home with you know because like we mentioned like there's a lot of decision makers sitting in the stands uh in san diego and you know when it comes down to draft day you know the, like we said these guys are human and and a lot of times this is something, you know, they may not be able to get a certain taste out of their mouth, but on the flip side, they may remember, they may be able to look back in their catalog and think, Oh man, like I remember that at bat. Yes. Or, um, you know, he, he hit a good pitch or, you know, he was playing hard, even though the game was out of reach or whatever it may be. Um, but a couple of guys I thought, you know, did some stuff that you could take home. He mentioned, uh, Jason Flores was good uh, on the day he pitched. He had one of the highest average fastballs sitting at 93. Um, I thought he was good. Jake Neely, I thought, performed well. Uh, nine strikeouts over four innings and two. Yeah, this stuff is real. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one thing, too, that, you know, that kind of goes unlooked or overlooked sometimes is, hey, you know, that's a big stage. And your first outing, things may speed up. Um, and, you know, what what may matter most to some of these guys is, hey, how they bounce back? How do you handle it? Yeah. How was, how was their second outing? Um, and a couple of guys, I think, fit in that mold. But Houston Tomlinson, Jack Jackson Burns, both, I think, fit in that bucket. Um, and even so, you know, like, I think they would both tell you that it, their first outing wasn't their best one um, of the summer or of the event, but they came back and did some nice things. But even in those out, those first outings, like you saw some, you saw flashes from them. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to see Burns, um, 
I thought he threw the ball pretty well and he just got in a little stretch where things got away from him. But yeah, he got squeezed a little bit too. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, uh, a particular coach in the Rangers dugout was, <laughs> uh, for a couple of different games was letting the umpire know, which was fairly so enter- entertaining for sure. Um, but you know, like you said, it shows that these guys care. They're not just going through the motions either. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wyatt Sanford. I always like watching him get out and move around. Um, you know he's gonna he's gonna vie for that top shortstop in the state, mm-hmm. candidate, um, along with Sawyer Farr for me. Um, and you know Sawyer he made he made one really really good play at the middle that I know a lot of people marked down. Um, Braylon Payne, I was impressed with his at bats. Um, he he got down in the count a couple of times and really really uh, bared down, laid off some really good pitches. Mm-hmm. And then ended up putting the ball in play hard a couple of times and with nothing to show for it on the stat sheet, but um, some, some good at bats. Like he, he wasn't overmatched. I thought he really, um, really held up well against some tough pitching. Uh, JD Chris found himself on base quite a bit. Uh, Caleb Hoover um, looked good in his two outings on the mound. AJ DePaulo, um, you know, came up with a double. Uh, we know he can really catch and throw. Um, thought he showed well. Theo Gillen, uh, you saw the flashes there. You know, the, I think the biggest thing with Theo is always just going to be the health. I mean, we know what kind of player he is mm-hmm. when everything's right and um, got a good swing, super athletic. And, um, you know, unfortunately, he's just missed some time because of injuries. But, you know, the the production is there when he's on the field. Um, and it was good to see him out there moving around. Sawyer Stroh-Snyder. Uh, put on a show um, at the practice during BP. I know you're still mad at me that I ended up going to that, but you, you, you <laughs> ended up going to, you went to the Padres game. So it wasn't like True. you weren't baseball. So, but uh, Sawyer did, I thought he looked really good in BP. Um, just an athletic player that really plays the game hard. Uh, Dason Hill, I thought showed some really nice flashes. Mm-hmm. Uh, thing for him, just going to be continue to get bigger and stronger. Um, and I think, He's a guy too that you know he he may be the benefactor um, of you know across the the board in the state just kind of being a, a down year uh, for the top level draft guys. So I think that you know he keeps adding adding to his weight and and velocity and being able to carry his stuff further and further into games. Um, he may be a guy that we look up in the spring and is getting some real pro attention. Um, another side, let's see who else. Uh, Casey Evans. You know, I thought he was good uh, or had some good flashes. Mm-hmm. Then he turned around and threw well at Globe Life a couple days later. Uh, Nolan Traeger, obviously, is a guy that we we love. He's getting ready to go play with Team USA. Uh, but, yeah, the the two two main catchers or I mean, well, there's, there's a handful of catchers in Texas. We've talked about that 24 class and catching-wise in Texas. Being yeah, a lot. It's really deep. Um so and, and and I thought you know obviously Nolan's in that mix. Him and him and Kate Aaron Beatty are definitely up there as far as prospects go. But yeah. Um, aside from that, I think you know that was that was a lot of what what we saw. You know, like you said, it was disappointing outcome from a win loss standpoint. Uh, but you know, some of these guys did uh, take advantage of their um, opportunities out there. Yeah. And allowed these scouts to take something with them when they left. Yeah, D- Dason Hill is another guy that, t- talking to people afterwards, he was mentioned a ton 
because, you know, left-handed arm up to 93 that can spin it. I mean, those, that's a those are money-making traits. Uh, and like you said, like, I'm really excited to see guys like him after an off season, just to see physically, you know, if there are any gains, um, just getting time to get, get away, get off the mound a little bit. Uh, I know a lot of these guys will throw a little bit in the fall too, for the, the scout teams and stuff like that, but really just that time to, you know, November, December, January, just what do these guys look like when, when February rolls around and he's going to be a guy that's going to be heavily scouted. Um, and you know, there's a real chance he shoots up lists. He's already high. I, I've talked to a few people and he's already way up on some just because of, again, you know, lefty with that kind of arm speed that can spin it. But he, he certainly helped himself because the flashes were really, really bright. And I'm glad you mentioned that about Braylon Payne. I thought that his at bats from day game one to game five got noticeably better seemingly each time he was in the box. And he, I, I, I kind of, it dawned on me when I was writing about, um, our rankings, which, you know, breaking news, he's a top 10 prospect on my list. Uh, he reminded me a lot of Jack Bell because Jack Bell had this quality to where he might not get his A swing off and it might look a little bit unbalanced, but he'd get the barrel to it. And I think that's what we saw a lot from Braylon Payne and area code is like, you know, there was one play where I think we, when he hit the double it was a pitch inside and like he was able to pull his hands into it and just athletically get the barrel to it. And you started to see the swing improve. You started to see just that natural ability to to barrel the baseball. And he look, he is sneaky strong. Like yes. it's, I mean, he had a ball, I think 95 miles an hour off the bat at area code. He had a ball 103 miles an hour off the bat at TSA. He won 101 miles an hour off a tee at 12 um, when they're doing their scout day stuff. He is like, he can impact the baseball. And I think that, as he gets some time to really kind of keep refining his swing at the reps, he could really take off. Like he definitely created a buzz for himself by the end of area code, um, which wasn't a huge surprise g given the way he was trending throughout the summer, but still to go out there and, and really put the bat on the baseball like he did. He almost hit a grand slam. It was like a deep fly out to the warning track. He almost did another home run. Like he swung it much better than his line. And I think only two strikeouts for him in 11 plate appearances was um, was a pretty big deal. Um, Flores and Hoover to me were the two guys from a demeanor standpoint that were just a little bit different than everybody else. Yeah. Um, I mean, Caleb Hoover fouled a ball off his nose and was like bleeding. I did he, I, I wonder if he had to get stitches. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. He left the game, he was back in the lineup the next day. Like, you know, he probably would have came back into the game if they let him that same game, um, after that happened, but. It's a it's a good operation on the mound. It's a little raw in terms of the spin feel and stuff, but he gets out there and it's it's guts. I'm coming after you. I'm challenging you. I'm throwing strikes. Uh, he is a tone setter kind of a guy winning makeup. And uh, Jason Flores, too, has got I think I got a quiet fire in him. He's just in, in talking to people that are around him too that week. This is a little bit different um, in terms of the way he competes and. I thought he threw the ball really, really well. Uh, was up to 96, spin feel, good operation, strikes. Um, he's going to be heavily, heavily scouted. And, um, you know, Stroh Snyder by the end of the event was really impacting the baseball. I thought Theo Gillen by the end of the event, you could see his swings were there. Um, you know, he got into a couple and, and just missed a couple. And fingers crossed, I'm, I'm really, really A, hoping, B, optimistic he's just going to get a fully healthy senior year. 
Um, he had that fluke play. I was at the game where it was a home plate collision and he ended up spraining, I think, a PCL on his knee. So even coming back to the summer, he was still kind of working back up to being a full strength runner and things like that. So um, I still think it's one of the best left-handed swings in the state, maybe the best left-handed swing in the state. It's it's really, really good. But And like you said, too, there was for some guys, this was so new. You know, that stage and, and to bounce back on the mound like those guys did, I thought was uh, said a lot about them um, and, and what kind of players they are, what kind of competitors they are as well. Um, but, yeah, it's it's going to there is certainly a lot of guys that really, I think, help themselves, um, especially the two left haters and Cooper Williams and, and Jason Hill. Those are going to be guys that get really heavily scouted. And, um, you know, Casey Evans, the the split change, as, as he calls it, <laughs> was was a dynamite pitch. Um, and then, like you said, he went to baseball factory all American game and struck out the side um, and is ending there after that. So he's going to be a guy that gets, uh, gets heavily scouted as well, but um, you know, some bright flashes from this group and, you know, some guys that uh, those two plays Sawyer far made defensively were, I know really caught the attention um, a lot of people. And, you know, a lot of these white Sanford uh, talking to people, it's like one of the most, sure things a, a, a shortstop can be on the high school level in terms of like, Hey, we believe he can stay there. Um, he's a guy that I think is a lot of people's pick to click in the spring. If he comes out stronger and really hits, it's going to be a potential to make a lot of money. So um, a lot of guys that, you know, I'm sure are probably pretty tired and get to get to rest a little bit now and get in the weight room and things like that. It'll be fun to see um, what they look like in those fall looks. And, but most notably in the spring when they have a chance to kind of, get in there and get stronger and get ready for their, for their final senior season. Um, well, let's go alphabetically and move over to the Oakland A's group, uh, the Northern California group uh, of area code. Uh, who'd you have as kind of your main guys from the A's group? Um, the pitching um, for the A's group, I thought was good. Several guys that stood out to me uh, on the offensive side, all tournament Tatum Marsh, um, he kind of wowed some people with that big throw from the outfield to nail somebody at the plate. Um, had a 102.8 exit velocity on his home run, I believe. Um, just a really good week for him. TP Wentworth, I thought, did well on both sides of the ball. Actually, he was he threw and hit. Uh, Charlie Bates is a is a name that has been on the scene for a while. Connor Barth. Uh, on the mound, guys, I really like Austin Steves had a really good, had a really good event. Uh, lefty heading to Stanford, Liam Golden threw the ball well. Nick Abraham, um, one of the top, liked him a lot. Yeah, one of the top uncommitted guys out there. Um, I thought really was really impressive. Um, like what I saw from him, uh, 89 92, 79 81 on the slider, it showed a changeup. Uh, again, TP Wentworth threw well. Miles Tincher, um, was different, you know, he's funky, kind of came from down below. Uh, Cal Commit, I thought he, I thought he was really interesting. Um, I just, you, you know, we talk about these guys that it's just a different look, and yeah. I think that really creates some, some, some trouble for batters. Um, and, and that looks kind of got kind of gone away a little bit. And I know yeah. we talked to a couple of pitching coaches that were like, I kind of want, I, I need, I like some of those guys. I want one of those guys on my pitching staff. Yeah. And then uh, a guy that I really liked last year, a guy that just can really pitch another Stanford commit Parker Warner. Um, yep. You know, I, I just like the way he pitches. He has, he pitches 
right? He's not a thrower. He knows mm-hmm. how to change speeds, move the ball around. Um, <laughs> I just really, really impressed with him, his pitch ability, and think he's going to be a guy that's going to have a chance to throw early just because uh, he knows how to pitch. And, you know, he's not going to light up the radar gun or anything, but he uh, he definitely has enough velocity to go along with his stuff. And his, and his velocity plays up with the arsenal that he has. Um, and I just, I, I think he's really good and I've been a big fan of him since last year. Yeah. Abraham to me was one of the best, um, one of the best strike thrower command guys. Like mm-hmm. he could, like, it was, it was promising stuff, but like he could, he could pitch as well. Um, and that's, you know, see guys get out there and the adrenaline gets going and you tend to want to overthrow and light up the radar gun and look back and see what the track man's telling you on the scoreboard. But he got up there and it was just like a really smooth, easy operation, um, easy strikes. Uh, I mean, I thought that was a guy that's got a really, really promising um, outlook all ter- um, long term. And you mentioned T.P. Wentworth, a Clemson commitment, like almost immediately. Post, yeah, post after Eric, Yeah, after area code. And can see why uh left-handed uh good looking left-handed arm ended up striking out five in in uh in two innings but like you said i mean it's it's a legit it's a legit two-way profile um as well uh i believe it's up to 90 miles an hour uh slider 80 81 uh good shape to this stuff good look the operation was promising long term um, can see why Clemson, who was there, I saw at least one of their coaches there at area. Oh, they were there. They were posted yeah. up the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. They were, yeah. They were, they out were, there. Uh, they were doing something kind of like, like their football program years ago started to dip into California and, and getting yep. DJ Ugalele or I, I probably butchered yep. that, um, you know, Clemson out there doing work um, in California. You mentioned Tatum Marsh. Um, you know, he had that, uh, had that home run kind of flying around projectable athlete, um, you know, Charlie Bates, uh, got on base a lot. Um, he's a guy just like, he was, I felt like he was getting really close to really driving one, just missed some pitches. Uh, but you could see the actions and, and the way things worked on the dirt, um, and, and why he's held in, in such high, re- high regard there, but, um, fun group. But yeah, like you said on the mound, I mean, Liam Golden, um, Nick Abraham, Werner, um, and, uh, Diego Emerling was like a really, heavy heavy sinker guy like it was that thing was dancing when it came towards home plate he threw uh he threw two innings and he threw one breaking ball because that was you know the sinker just guys were beaten into the ground I think he broke a bat um he didn't really need to go anything else and you know like college just want a guy like that on their staff because it's like lower slot heavy heavy sinker come get in and get a ground ball it's just a different look um for for lineups that to see you know once or twice during the weekend maybe three times um and that's sort of instance but uh good group for northern california um as we typically see pitchers uh middle infielders i mean that's you know that's what those those teams usually have uh let's switch over to the brewers group the uh southern california um guys who grabbed your attention uh from there i mean we had some uh electric pitching performances uh from yeah. the brewers group yeah there was it it was a um star power group for sure a uh, lot of really big names out there and guys that lived up to it um you know uh, cole hansen uh catcher 
from uh, that's committed to OU. Bryce Rayner, Texas commit, did it on both sides of the ball. He's he's a lot more physical than I remember him being. Um, you know, and that, that's one of the interesting things when you get to see these guys go from underclass to uh, upper class from year to year is you get to you get to see how much these guys that are already good players, how much they develop. Um, yeah. And he's a guy that fit that for me. I didn't realize he was <laughs> that big, um, but you know, he's uh, he's been on the scene for a while. Nick Montgomery um, was a guy that hit a home run Arizona state commit Derek Curiel, one of the top players in the country for any age group. Um, you know, he's a guy that stat wise, didn't blow you out of the water this week, but you can see all the little things that he does um, on the field that make him such a highly coveted prospect. Yeah. But his his bat to ball ability was it was one of the better bat. Like you can see why that he's held in such high regard because when he swings, it's usually at a good pitch and there's usually some contact happening. Well, when you when you hear someone when you hear people say that people do things and it looks easy, that's that's what. Derek Curiel is to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's just effortless. Um, and he's a guy that as he continues to get bigger, I mean, balls that he hits, you know, a lot of line drives, balls that he hits in the gap, turn into home runs and got a good arm, can play center field. I mean, he, he's got everything you want. Um, again, you know, we talked about a lot on the last episode, like the, the stats don't always match the prospectness of a player. Right. Mm-hmm. And that this wasn't, I mean, he's, he's hit everywhere. Like he's, he's done it on the big stage plenty. So I don't think anyone's worried about his actual production from this event, but everything looked right. I mean, it's, it's, he, he's an elite player. There's no doubt about it. Um, Let's see who, who else I have written down here. Logan DeGroot is an athletic player that I, I really like Uh, UCLA commit. Oh Uh, yeah. He, he, he was, I really liked him a lot. Yeah, Maximo Martinez, two-way guy, USC commit. Um, can see what I mean. I, he's gonna have a chance to do both. I think. I mean, I you know, I, he showed some good stuff on the mound. Had a couple of good at bats. Uh, Ethan Schaffelbane, uh, another UCLA commit. You you mentioned Savage on the last last episode and how he's on top of things. This the Brewers lineup usually shows you that that's yeah. Um, but another team, you know, a local team for us that. Uh, has typically done well out in California's uh, TCU and Mason Brassfield was a guy that you can see yep. why they're excited to get him. Daniel Aaron Bula um, from Ukaipa that's going to LSU. Uh, you can tell he, you know, the, all, all these guys that, that LSU picks up, like they just have that hitter gene or whatever it is, mm-hmm. but those guys can just hit. And he's a guy that never looks out of control in the box um you know he finally got some hits towards the end but um you know he's he's obviously done it before uh Braylon Doty on the mound was um maybe the best guy <laughs> I mean just to put it plainly uh he was electric uh Chandler Murray for uh uncommitted guy from Hawaii did some nice things I like the way he moved Nathan Aceves on the mound UCSB commit from Huntington Beach uh and then um I don't. I think he. I don't know if it's self-proclaimed or not, but uh, a lot of people call Boston Bateman. I think they call him Sasquatch. Yeah, it's in his Twitter profile, so I think he's digging okay. it. Yeah, but um, yeah, he looks the part. Uh, he fits the bill. 
and then just really came out and just blew people away on the mound. Yeah. I, I, him, he really impressed me with just the strike throwing and the operation. Yeah. Um, I think that that's really improved since uh, he was a rising junior. Now he's a rising senior. He was up to 95, carried the stuff. It was a high spin curveball, 2,900 RPM. It was up like 7,981. Uh, showed a firm changeup as well. Um, he had some feel for for placing the curveball where he wanted to. I mean, he would try to back foot it sometimes to right. He's had a little tilt to it. Uh, I was extremely impressed with him. Uh, three no-hit innings, five strikeouts, two walks. Um, but yeah, Braylon Doty was so good. Like it was it was electric stuff. Uh two and two thirds, five uh five strikeouts. Uh, it was just real stuff. He was up to 96 miles an hour. Uh, could spin the fastball. It was like a, a the slider spin was up to I think I had written down three thousand one hundred sixty nine RPM, <laughs> uh, and it's one of those like it was almost looked like he'd throw a power curveball at times, but I think it's just one of those really good sliders that he can add some depth to. And uh, uncommitted, takes, let's, let's uncommitted to <laughs> yeah. How how long does that? Well, it probably it might last a little while because I'm sure he needed to charge his phone from how much people were blowing it up after. He, after he pitched out there, but it's like, uh, and he's a, he's a good looking kid physically too. Like it's, you know, it's not one of those like physically maxed, you know, arm strength guys. Like there's there, you can dream on, on what you saw as well. And, uh, it was just like, it was electric stuff. It might've been the best outing, um, of, of area code upper class, which is saying something because his team had several of those, uh, Levi Sterling, Texas commit, punched out six guys in two innings. And it was just like really, really good stuff. Um, I liked the operation. Uh, it was kind of, I have to go back and look at the film, but I think it was a, a, a slightly lower slot that he was kind of coming at people with and just kind of had some life to it. Um, you mentioned Brassfield, who I think was up to 93 with a really hard slider. And then we talked to Bryce, Bryce Rayner after he pitched and he was up to 96 he told us it was the first time he pitched that summer. So it's like, imagine <laughs> having the ability to run four, one down the line as a left-handed hitter, get at shortstop and have some of the best actions in arm strength on the dirt of anybody in the event uh, with that kind of frame that he has. And then you get on the mound for the first time this summer and you're up to 96 with four distinct pitches that he showed in one inning. Uh, it is, uh, he is a really, really high level um, talent and you know I know he's he started a little slow offensively with some swing and miss but by the end of the event you look up he had 375 615 625 and like when he made contact the ball flew off the bat um, I know he had at least one 99 mile an hour exit velocity uh, he can impact the baseball uh, there's bat speed uh, he, he can really, when, when he, when he gets the barrel to it, it's going to go. So like a really strong showing for him. Um, you mentioned Chandler Murray. I, I, I think that that guy, I, I really do think that he's a future middle of the order right-handed hitter for a major D one program. Uh, there's raw power. Uh, I like the swings, um, you know, pretty good plate skills in terms of the decision-making, uh, to me, it just seems like he's going to end up coming stateside and really just fitting in great to some major power five program somewhere and an uncommitted guy. 
um, that I, I think people really liked in the summer um, when they saw him. And I, I think even at area code um, helped himself as a guy that's going to be, I think, in high demand. You mentioned a Groot. I thought he was much better than this line. Um, good at bats, good contact consistently. Got kind of a like an explosive bounce to his step, step. You can tell he's a good athlete just by the way he runs, his movements, all that sort of stuff, some explosiveness. So um, a lot of fun watching this Brewers group, as typically so. I mean, Southern California, it doesn't get much better for that in terms of uh, in terms of baseball talent, but uh, a fun group to watch, uh, especially on the mound. I mean, we could list those arms for days, just the type of performance they had. Uh, sticking in alphabetical order here, I believe that brings Nationals. up the Nationals uh next up on the list and uh who caught your eye from the nationals team at area code up, upper class i for whatever i didn't get to see them as much as some of the other teams i missed i missed one of their first games uh picking someone up, up at the airport and then i missed their last game so i, I didn't see them as much but a couple games a couple guys that i really liked um that i thought did well um over the course of the event talon bell um, yes. It's a game that we have liked for a while, uh, and he was ad- advertised, um, just really competitive, good breaking ball, uh, Clemson commit, uh, Noah Franco, obviously, who has reclassified to the 2024 group, um, and it's obvious what people like when they watch him. Uh, I think he was like the one of the most valuable defensive players of the week. Um, made a couple of good catches out there. He hosed the guy at third too. Like it's a yeah. big arm from right field. Yeah. And then uh, I thought he was good on the mound. The, the line wasn't great, but you saw everything you needed to see from him. Um, Andreas Alvarez did well. Uh, on yes. The mound. Really liked him. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Ashford, uh, Miami commit left-handed pitcher. I thought had a really good feel for the strike zone and, uh, changing speeds, moving the ball around. I liked him a lot. Uh, uh, Dalton Wentz had a home run. Uh, and then uh, Jack DTN, um, he was a really interesting pitcher for me. And I want to say, I'm pretty sure he's a uh, a Xavier commit. You're um, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I just thought he was another one of those guys that was, it kind of looked different, but man, the ball jumped out of his hands. Um so liked him a lot. Uh, Arison VC uh, is a guy that can really, really throw um, out of Georgia. Still uncommitted, I believe. Um, He's sneaky strong too. Like it wasn't an eye popping box score, but he could really impact the baseball. And for a guy that's not like this massive six foot three physical presence. Yeah. Uh, and Noah Sheffield, I mean, I don't know if I remember I said him already, but Noah Sheffield is a guy that athletically is um, very, very intriguing, uh, the Florida State commit. Uh, but, and then Dalton Wentz, going back to him, with the home run, South Carolina commit. You know, a lot of a lot of guys remember that part of the country. Uh, you don't see them over at the area coast much. A lot of them end up going to East Coast Pro, but um, definitely put a really good swing on that on that home run ball for him. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Talon Bell, like, really impressive on the mound. It was up to 93, uh, curveball 75-76, distinct slider feel as well. And it was like a really interesting changeup. I had written down that it was almost like a split change, which is kind of – it's becoming a thing now that these guys are, are you know, with their changeups are kind of creating this tumble and sometimes this low spin um, action. But 
easy operation from the left side, easy strikes. Um, but man, he can hit too. Like uh, yeah. six walks to one strikeout. Yeah. Twitchy athlete, top of the order kind of bat, um, moves well. I, I, I was really impressed with him all around. Um, Noah Franco, like you said, uh, I thought he was a little bit better on the mound than the line was suggested. Um, you could see the the makings of the slider was really good. Him and um, was I think Ashford was on this team as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Two two of the best left handed sliders I thought uh, of of upper class were those two guys. They could execute it. It was like a true like short late break slider um, that really, I mean, left-handed hitters are going to have a ton of problems with that, even righties as well. Um, but Noah Franco also took some of the best swings of the event too. Like I, I, I liked him a lot as a pitcher. I was like, man, I almost like him a little bit more as a hitter because when he let it loose, it was major bat speed. He was going to do some damage. He was swinging at good pitches. I thought he saw and recognized stuff well. And then yeah. he put him in the outfield huge arm i mean it's it's at least a plus maybe a plus plus arm from the outfield and he moves well uh kind of big broad shoulders i think he's gonna project a little bit like you said he's he's reclassified from 2025 to 2024 um uncommitted guy i'm sure he's got a long long list of people well he was i think he was committed to mississippi state at yes i think think you're right yeah um and it opened it back up i think maybe when he reclassified I'm, i'm not exactly sure but uh, he's an IMG Academy guy, so they're know they're going to play a great schedule and get a ton of a scouting attention. That and, team, uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it's just like the list of just dudes uh, up and down that group um, at IMG Academy each year is a uh, is a lot of fun. A uh, couple of Texas guys, uh, Jaden Barfield um, was up to ninety. Uh, really spun the breaking ball. It's kind of one of those those depth sliders where it's not. Not much horizontal break, um, but it's got a lot of depth to it. I thought he competed well. Um, you know, he's a guy that I think I don't know if he's taking a break. Like he he threw deep into the playoffs, threw in this, I think he threw in the state title game. Was that area code trial? I think three days later, and then the summer season happens, and then gearing up for like um, I really think we're gonna see another level of Jaden Barfield in the spring. Uh, because he was a guy that was up to 93 multiple times um, during the high school season, the playoffs when he was a, he was a dude with that group. Uh, Tristan Bristow threw twice and it was an encouraging look for me because I'd seen him in high school multiple times. And he was basically always just a two pitch guy in high school. Uh, It's, it's one of the, you know, I guess his coach in high school really loves fastballs. I saw an outing where he threw like 90% fastballs, Uh, but he showed like the feel for two different breaking balls, change up as well. Uh, I believe he was up to 92 miles an hour, um, kind of a crossfire look, um, you know, crossfire ath- athlete on the mound. Uh, but, you know, Vanderbilt commitment, uh, I thought he he more than held his own out there, really competed well. Uh, you mentioned Sheffield, like his hands, I mean, shockingly uh, with the name, but his hands in the batter's box and his actions on the dirt, um, it's just you can see there's there's a high level talent there, and there's also kind of a unique skill, um, in in an in instinctive way that he uh, he goes about his business there. But um, Nationals group, a lot of kind of guys from from all over the place, um, you know, Southeast, but even some Texas guys, um, different guys from from all over the globe there. Well, so one other one other guy that I I, I don't 
I don't think I mentioned, but Jaden Akaikea yeah. uh, from Hawaii had some really good at-bats that ended up with nothing to show for it. Um, but I thought he actually swung the bat well. I thought he caught well, uh, too. But, I mean, he's famous for that big home run he hit last year at this uh-huh. event and then uh-huh. ended up committing to uh, Vanderbilt shortly thereafter. But uh, I-, I thought he was good. You know, like I said, stat line may not show it and blow you away, but – I thought he I thought he did well over the course of the week. Yeah. You mentioned um you mentioned Alvarez. Item up to 94. Um curveball up to 2600 spin. Uh low spin changeup really turns it over and gets a kind of a lot of that like circle like action to it. Uncommitted right-handed pitcher. Um and like he's probably what's he listed at? Um he's listed at 510 yeah he's not a tall guy but he's like really strong through the lower half and like you can see yeah. him leverage that in his delivery and I, I like the delivery it wasn't like a big you know head whack high effort delivery and he was able to get some velocity uh i i really enjoyed watching him and i think he's he's got to have a long list of programs that'll give you interest there and you know stone mccoy was another guy who was up to 93 miles an hour kind of a really natural late sink um, to his fastball with the slider profile as well, mixed in the changeup. Um, another guy that was impressive on the mound uh, for the Nationals. Uh, yeah. Moving along to the next team alphabetically on the list, which would be the Reds. Am I right? That's correct. You're getting the better. Reds. Yeah. Wow, it's weird. Me. It goes from like, you know, A and B to like all the way down to, to N. But uh, the Reds group, uh, kind of that collection of a lot of Arizona guys, uh, Colorado guys, Nevada guys. And I'm going to let you lead us off with the the brother of one of our favorite 2025 players uh, who is has a very eerily similar game. You can definitely tell they're brothers. Yes. Uh, Ty Southazine, again, one of, he ended up being all tournament. Um, definitely one of the best players in the event. Uh, just – Love watching him and his family play. Uh, for those that didn't listen to the last episode, I am uh, actively trying to track down the parents to find out what they do <laughs> to train their sons. Because uh, I'm in an area where I'm thinking about ideas for our three-year-old and his little brother. So um, if I can get in touch with the South Lazines, that would be great. Uh, but man, I, I have a lot of guys on this team highlighted. Um, Landon Hairston, I thought. Yeah, did big well. fan of him. Yeah, uh, Salvador Valenzuela uh, on the yeah. mound, uh, lefty. I, I believe he struck out seven in three innings. Um, uh, I was impressed with him. I think he can really pitch. Mason Russell on the mound, yep. Arizona lefty, I thought did well. Uh, Gavin Smith uh, from Basha High School, Harvard commit. Um, wonder if he's, I wonder if he's the first Harvard commit to play in the area code games. Um, but man, he really impacted the ball a couple of times. The ball jumped off his bat. Uh, you can tell he's, uh, he's going to be a good player in the Ivy league. Um, obviously you're going to have to assume a smart kid. Uh, so kind of a heady player, but I had, I had several stars written by his name, uh, which in my notes delineates a uh, hard hit ball, uh, Cam Caminiti, let you talk about him obviously a superstar Burke Lee Mabius um Oregon commit man he smashed the ball a couple times he put some really good swings on the ball again several stars in my notes by him Luke Taylor the USC commit out of uh 
Utah. We've seen him in some of our events. Um, we know he can really play. Kai McGarry, uh, Arizona State commits, a guy that um, uh, just seems to be, you know, kind of a little bit like Southasine in, in the sense that, you know, just things happen when he's playing, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's he's moving around the bases, uh, finding his way on base. Uh, Zach Kmatz out of the Albuquerque Baseball Academy, uh, a guy that we've liked in our stuff before, yep. uh, joining his brother at Oregon State. Uh, Velo wise was one of the top performers on average fastball uh, the day he threw uh, Trey Gregory Alford um, was a guy that I was really intrigued by. Um, and <laughs> this is one of those things I always find interesting when I'm going through the rosters. Uh, and I always like to write down the commits and see where these guys are committed. And I always find it interesting when you, when a team from, you know, not that part of the country uh, seems to do well in a certain part of the country. And in this case, that's UVA. Um, hmm. But that's where Trey is committed. But, man, they seem to have a couple guys on the Reds team every year um, that, you know, they have a pipeline or they know somebody out there that – Thomas Stewart uh, for the underclass. Yep. And and they've done a good job out there. Uh, and, and Trey's another example of that big physical right-handed pitcher. I really liked what I saw. Um from him uh 94 95 on fastball really good <laughs> breaking ball and uh with his physical profile i think there's more in there too uh smith bailey uh arizona commit i thought he threw the ball well yeah uh, and then uh usually you're the one that struggles with the names um i'm gonna give it a go at this one but nalavu loaki um uh oregon commit out of springville utah um another guy big physical profile that we liked was up you know at least up to 94 that i have in my notes uh, a really a good breaking ball um and very athletic for his frame and his build um i i thought there's some you know some flexibility in his delivery um but i you know some looseness to it that yeah I, you know may not have expected when he ran in from the from the bullpen but i was impressed by him um he, i wrote down like i kind of looked back and looked at his delivery on video and stuff i think he's gonna throw really hard like you said there's some things in the way he moves and rotates that you wouldn't expect from a six foot four 265 pound guy that yeah. he's he's gonna throw super hard in the future yeah yeah well and, and another thing that's interesting too you know, tons of Arizona and Arizona state commits on this team, obviously with a lot of, a lot of Arizona influence on the roster, but uh, that's exciting with them moving to the big 12. Um, We'll get to see these guys a little bit more in our, you know, kind of day-to-day baseball orbit um, when they're playing in college. But I'm glad to see that both Arizona and Arizona state are recruiting really well uh, because I think the game is better when there's a balance, you know, some stuff out West, um that is competitive and you know we we've talked about it a lot there's a lot of guys that are going east uh but you know it'll be interesting to see how much arizona and arizona state try to get it even more into texas in their recruiting efforts now that they'll be playing in the big 12 but yeah we'd be um, smart yeah so I'm, I'm excited for that part chris newstrom was another tennessee commit that that hit a home run on the event so uh be remiss if we didn't mention him but i'll let you dive a little deeper on some of these guys Caminiti especially 
Yeah, he I, I, like Noah Franco reclassed and made a lot of headlines when he went from the 2025 to the 2024 class. And uh, I mean, it's a it's pretty easy, pretty easy fastball velocity. He was up to 94 miles an hour. Um, you know, you, you saw the changeup that he got for uh, he threw a really good changeup when he had some traffic on bases to get out of a jam. Just kind of showed that he's got some advanced um, feel for pitching and executing that type of stuff. A lot of fastball whiffs. Um, the fastball was sat 91, 93, um, 94 was in there as well. It, it just played up a little bit though. Like it got through the zone, even sometimes in a hitter counts and it beat guys with it. Um, and you could see like, I mean, you could tell like, you know, he's a guy that like understands, you know, to where to gather on the mound and to stay back on the backside. And let's let's not forget, too, that we, we talked to him after um, after his outing. We, we did an interview with him, which you can see on his five two profile. Uh, he didn't pitch a ton in the spring. He was just pr- almost primarily a, exclusively a hitter. And then he th- ended up throwing at the very end. We were at one of his outings, five to Arizona was and then kind of gearing up for the summer. So. Um, I love that because it's, it's a low mileage arm and that hasn't really like super specialized, but you could see the, just kind of the immense talent from the, from the left side. Um, you mentioned Berkeley Mabius. I'm stunned that he only had two hits. Cause I swear to you, he took some of the best swings in the event. Oh, like, he crushed some balls. I mean, it, I don't know. Like he might've led the event and just like absolutely blasted foul balls, um, switch hitter and like, strong kind of that short arm swing that can really impact the baseball. I was a huge, uh, huge fan of him. You mentioned Harrison as well. Uh, Some of my favorite at-bats collectively in the event came from Landon Harrison, just an on-base machine, um, ended up hitting up 444 with four walks and only two strikeouts, Um, could drive the ball into the gaps as well. Uh, South Esteen, like, it, it, he hit extremely well. And he plays really good defense at a premium spot, but th- the way he just hunts for things was more impressive. Like there is one play where somebody fell asleep. I don't remember if it was a pitcher infielder or what, and he um, stole, stole third base. Like, yeah. And it's just like his, him and, and Tate, his little brother is the same way. Their brain just thinks about baseball a, a step ahead of everybody else. And it's like, they're never impressed with anything they do. It's like, Oh, I just roped 94 miles an hour into the gap. I'm on second base with a double. Most guys are kind of feeling themselves a little bit and fairly. So that's extremely impressive. There are like, ties. Like I'm going to take third, the first opportunity I get. And if you let me on a dirt ball or if you fall asleep, I might even try to steal home on you as well. Like those guys just think, and play the game at a different speed uh, than everybody else. And it's it's a lot, a lot of fun to watch. Just major, major, major ball players. Uh, undoubtedly, Ty was one of the best best players and performers um, at Area Code Upper Class. Um, you mentioned some of the arms as well. Like Mason Russell, to me, really easy operation from the left-hand side. Um, I thought he threw well. A guy that just comfortably sat like 88 to 92. Uh, could throw strikes with multiple pitches. Um Kind of the uh, uh, Gabriel Schneider uh, had some flashes as well. Um, Mason Russell was the guy I was thinking. Another lefty, easy operation, another Arizona commitment. Uh, four strikeouts in three innings, just uh, comfortably held his stuff. You mentioned Smith Bailey. Uh, really liked the delivery there. Um, a guy that I think is going to be a good strike throw in the future. Um, Sal Valenzuela, yeah, seven punch outs in three innings. Another lefty. 
um, that could really throw strikes with multiple pitches and get some swings and misses um, with all his stuff as well. Arizona is doing well uh, with a lot of those arms um, in that surrounding area. But um, And then a Texas guy, Ryan Partita, uh, who we saw at TSA, um, you know, got into there, did some nice things offensively, did some ni- th- nice things defensively. I believe he's still uncommitted. Um, as a guy that goes to uh, to Alvin High School. So um, there'll be a lot of people going in there to see Cooper Williams, not college coaches. Uh, but Ryan Partita is a guy that's probably going to get some some recruiting attention as well. He, he's a UTSA commit. He is. Okay. I, I didn't have him written out. So that well, that's a heck of a get for UTSA. Um, true to form, they're usually getting on guys a little bit earlier uh, than everybody else does. You mentioned K-Mats as well, uh, threw really, really hard um, and is going to continue to throw hard um, in the future. So uh next up on the list would be the royals who uh did not have an underclass team uh but did have an upper class team and pacific northwest uh that area of the map a lot of guys from up there i believe we saw paul wilson last year i think ended up being like cop round guy or he was taken really really early um in the draft uh through really hard out of area code last year um I'm going to lead off with one guy and I'll turn it over to you, but Trey Snyder, you probably had him written down as well. Like major, major, major dude. Uh, Defensively, offensively can run, thinks the game at a high level, uh, several standout defensive plays at shortstop. Uh, A guy that I felt like, yeah, you know what? This guy's got a real chance to stick it short. He's got a real chance to hit Um, just looked like an intangibles guy as well. Uh, was a was a big big fan of him and then I know you liked Mason Pike as well Mason Pike flat out hit that area code yeah the I mean it's crazy like <clears throat> Snyder's a Tennessee commit so you pair him with South Lassine. like they just they seem to get these guys that are just baseball players um you know that are obviously high profile guys but they're not projection they're they're producers too um and like you figure you start to piece together why some of these programs are so good. Uh, but yeah, big fan of Pike love what he can do on the field. Uh, Grady Woodward was an outfielder um, Washington commit, which actually is interesting. I think his mom, his mom played basketball at Washington, got to sit with her for a little bit. Uh, enjoyed it. She actually, um, she does some announcing for the PAC 12 network um for women's basketball and i think she does some football too uh but yeah we had uh mark loomis and i had fun sitting by her but so that was that was fun uh real athletic uh listed six three two hundred <laughs> made some really good defensive plays uh i like the swing uh not a ton to show for it but uh, you can tell that there's an athletic profile in there that he's going to do really well at washington uh really enjoyed watching him play xavier nayans uh, is a guy in the 25 class that, you know, is clearly one of the best players in the country. Major um, hitter. Both both sides of the ball. Um, just, you know, I think he struck out all three guys he faced in his outing on the Yeah, mount. he's up to 93 with an 85-mile-an-hour slider and a low-spin change. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't even really know he pitched and he got on the mound and was showing some big-time stuff. Yeah, he's a monster. Uh, Kellen Knox, I thought, threw well. Uh, Jackson Hotchkiss, uh, I believe he was all tournament. Yeah, he was all tournament, uh, had a really good showing, uh, really impressed by him, athletic. Another man, that's a that's a pretty good outfield haul there for um for for UW up there with Hotchkiss and Woodward. 
just <laughs> really, really liked what I saw from him. Um, our one of our guys, a Hawaii guy, Taimi Kahalake. You, uh, that's my that's my kryptonite. The, the Hawaiian names, I struggle there. My Other, kryptonite's all of them, but yeah, so you, you're, know, you're so way ahead of me. Now I, I know how you feel. Um, but uh, Gabe Howard, Oregon commit, I thought threw the ball well. Uh, Zach Swanson was an arm that was uh, really impressive, and then Cohen Nikolai from Anchorage, Alaska, Oregon commit, uh, really swung the bat well over the course of the week. Yep. Um, but I, I was impressed by them. Like one, it's funny. Like you know, you, we talk about the Arizona and uh, California defenders. Um, you know, a lot of these teams kind of have a profile, and I think we'll probably get to this a little bit when we get to the mid with the White Sox, but. Um, a lot of like really good athletes, good, good looking players, uh, athletically on this Royals team that you can see, you know, like they're going to some programs that are known for development. And I think, you know, like there's a Gonzaga commit on here, um, OSU, Oregon, Utah, like there's, there's some programs in here that are intriguing and <laughs> are going to make some noise with this caliber of player heading to their program. Um, but yeah, Cohen, Cohen was four for six, uh, uh, ended up with three runs. Uh, so I thought he showed well. Um, but yeah, he, you know, a guy from Anchorage, Alaska probably hasn't played as much baseball as some of these guys, Right. Yeah. you know, he got out against this group and more than held his own. So that was exciting to see and was impressed with him and his performance on the course of the week. Yeah. Uh, Cole Gibbler was the guy that I, I thought, I, I just had written down an underlined outstanding performance. Uh, you can kind of look at the stats. Yeah. yeah. Seven strikeouts in three innings with one hit and one run. Um, fastball 86 to 91 uh, curveball uh, big spin is like one of those sharp downer, you know, breaking balls. Um, you know, he had a really good feel for it. Just racked up a lot of strikes with that pitch and he just had a, it wasn't a big guy, but he's had a big presence on the mound. Like the way he carried himself, uh, the way he worked quickly, he was just on the attack constantly through a ton of strikes. Um, you know, I, I was really, really impressed with him. Uh, Swanson was a guy that lived up to the hype. Um, you know, really good stuff. Uh, I know that he uh, he got Bonhamer to strike out on a pitch in his second appearance uh, slider. That's that no was worthy like, in itself. Right, exactly. Like, like anybody getting that guy out was a big deal. And Swanson got to punch out on an 82 mile an hour slider that I think the spin rate was nearly 2,900. And he also ran his fastball up to, I believe, 96 miles an hour. So, yeah, you can see it. it's eight strikeouts in three innings. Um, he showed why he's regarded as one of the best um, right handed pitchers in the country with it, with this, uh, with this stuff there. And, and Kaimi, I think he opened some eyes. Um, yeah. He's still a guy that I, he's still pretty new to pitching, you know, like relative to a lot of guys that were out at area code, but was up to 92 miles an hour in both appearances. He had two relief appearances. Um, breaking ball had flashes, got some whiffs. Uh, he's so, I think he's like six, seven, six, eight. I mean, he's a six, eight, two Oh five. I mean, he's a basketball player. Like, but he's able to move pretty well and harness that on the mound. It's kind of a tough look, I think, for righties because it's a it it can get a little bit crossfire at times. Uh, I think that you know him being an uncommitted pitcher, I, I know that he probably opened up a lot of eyes um, and had a lot of attention uh, coming out this weekend with with the way he performed out there. But 
Um, I thought he really helped himself. And, sh- you know, shout out to Hawaii having several guys um, out there at area code. Um, you know, we say it all the time, man. There's a lot of talent that we see come with our the St. Lot Classic in December and then also come into our events through the Pudge and the Manningley um, through July. I see a lot of really, really good players, and, and they keep getting on the national stage more and more. Uh, with each year. So uh, like you said, you know, a lot of impressive athletes um, with this group, you know, you mentioned Hodgkins, uh, Woodward, like you said, I had written down that he he really impacted the ball several times, just kind of sky high fly balls with some good exit velocity off the bat, um, really looked the part of as a promising prospect long term. So, um, you know, fun group to watch there. And uh, let's get to our two final teams, the two uh, top ranked teams, um, you know, heading into the final event, uh, the White Sox and the Yankees. Um, uh, believe the White's W comes before Y. Am I right? That's right. Okay. That's yeah. right. W X Y Z. It's it's uh sad. My three year old knows the alphabet better than I know the alphabet. So, uh, let's go. Le- let's go. <laughs> let's go with the White Sox. Who, uh, I mean, it was like arm. After arm, after arm, after arm came out for these guys, but they probably had the best, probably had top to bottom, the best lineup as well. Just a super supremely talented group. And I'll let you get to two your favorites, but I, I've got to mention maybe my favorite guy of the entire event was Slade Caldwell. Like Slade Caldwell, give me that guy, top the order, left handed hitter. Looked like future plus defense in center field, the way he tracks the ball, reads off the bat, can really, really run, plays really, really hard. Winner, competitor, leader, um, short. He's a short. He's probably, I don't know, he's listed. He's probably listed like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, but he's a pretty physical that, that's guy. Not that's yeah, not short. yeah, right. I say that. I'm, I'm probably 5'10 on a good day if I'm lucky. Uh, but like – Sign me up for Slade Caldwell. That guy is a certified dude. He is going to be a really, really, really good player. And he was often setting the table for some big boppers behind him. Yeah. Um, he's a dude. Pretty much sums it up. But uh yeah, I looking at my notes here, um, I have a lot of White Sox notes. <laughs> I have I have more guys highlighted on their roster than I don't. Um, so I'll try to run through it and be a shorter, but, um, Caldwell, obviously, uh, Tyler Bell, Kentucky commit all tournament. One of, one of my favorite players in the event. I, I really like the way he played. He had a home run too. Cole Crafton hit a home run Louisville commit. You know, we talk about the, um, we talk about the, uh, certain teams doing well in parts of the country. Louisville crushes the it Midwest. crushes the Midwest. Yeah. Um, Caleb Bonimer, uh, UVA. I mean, Bonimer, I mean, he may, may have been the best player in the event. JD Dix, a guy that we loved last year, uh, started a little slow, but then came on towards the end. Um, had some absolutely smash some balls towards the end. Colin Mallory, catcher, going to surprise Louisville. Um, really, really showed well. I, I was very impressed by him. Quinn Boyer, uh, was really, really good. Uh, over the course of the week, he he racked up. I want to say he hit over 500. I'll I'll check that as we go. Um, but Ben good. Boyer did hit. He hit 545. Okay, yeah, so pretty good. Um, That'll work. Kate Durden threw the ball well. 
uh, Dernan, excuse me, uh, Garrett Scholl, uh, Oklahoma State commit, was one of the best offensive guys in the event. I thought a lot of really hard contact. Another Oklahoma guy, Owen Hall, Vanderbilt commit, really threw the ball well. Um, I think he was the hard, he was up to 97. I don't think anybody else got up to 97 the entire event. Yeah, he was, uh, he was impressive. Jack Brown, surprise, Louisville commit. Uh, 6'1", 205 listed, right-hander, um, thought he threw the ball well. Joey Oki, uh, I had a heads up from him, on from a buddy in the scouting community, uh, going to Iowa, he is real good. And it's it's kind of different. It's kind of a different arm slot. But, man, there is electricity in that arm. Uh, ball just jumps out of his hand. Uh, Blake Larson, TCU commit. Uh, you know, they've done well pulling some random guys out of the Midwest, uh, Larson's definitely fits that category. Tall, skinny, lefty. They seem to always have one of those. Um, they've Abel Perk. Um, oh gosh, what's the guy from? He's been hurt all year for Cincinnati. Uh, Lodolo. Uh, Lodolo. He's on my um on my fantasy or has he's been coming back. He's making some rehab starts. He's on the way right back. after. Yeah, right after I get eliminated. So um, <laughs> uh, but Blake Larson's another one that in that line, just a tall thin left-hander that can really throw the ball. Uh, Sir Jamison Jones, um, I'm going to – they didn't have the exit velocities from every day listed, um, but I'm going to guess that he had the hardest-hit ball of the event um, sitting at 113.8. He's strong. Yeah, he is uh, – I was really, really impressed by him. Um, and we talked about him in the event – or leading up to the event, just having one of the best names – he matched that with one having one of the best performances, and I think that got him an invite to the USA Trials if he wasn't on the list already. But out of St. Rita, home of Mark Payton, mm-hmm. uh, I thought he caught well too. Um, yeah, great, great event for the Illinois State commit. Uh, Kale Fountain, LSU commit, hit a home run. I mean, big, strong, physical guy that's going to profile in the middle of a SEC lineup pretty, pretty early. Anson Siebert. Um, you know, I think we saw him last year, uh, Tennessee commit, yep. big, big righty uh, that I thought threw the ball really well. And then Ryan Sloan, uh, Wake Forest commit. Uh, man, they're they're putting – they're collecting those arms. They're rolling. Yeah. And, uh, Ryan Sloan is in that, is in that group. Uh, I was really impressed by him. I like what he, he did on the mound um, uh, up to at least 96 – Yep. Spun the ball, spun the ball really well on what I think was a slider, 82, 83. Um, just really, really impressive. And, you know, they have a type. They seem to have a type, and that type is really good. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> awesome but, stuff is, is their type. And then um, Aiden, Aiden, Aiden Hayes, uh, Tennessee commit, he is super athletic, super mm-hmm. uh, twitchy. There's a lot of lot of potential in there. Uh, he may have been one of my favorite pitchers in the upper class event. Yeah, uh, I have e- I have easy zip written down beside his name. That is uh, that is an apt description because he fits that. Uh, he is a freak, and he is he is very intriguing. And then Jackson Williams is another guy. Um, came out six, listed six foot one seventy. I I think he's committed to North Dakota State for football. Oh wow. Yeah, but uh I was looking at his 
thing. He definitely has some football offers, but um, I thought he was interesting. I thought he was, you know, obviously if he's going to North Dakota state to play. I think he's a receiver. Um, he's definitely an athlete, uh, but this, uh, this Chicago team was, they had it all. I mean, yep. big, strong, powerful arms, guys that could run guys with stuff. Um, you know, you I mean it, they had it all. I, I, they, you know, if the Yankees were my favorite team in the underclass, I think the White Sox probably fit that mold for the upper class. Man, they just had just dude after dude. And it, it's funny, like, you know, we talk about every year, different parts of the country just have different crops of draft prospects. And yeah. the uh, whoever's assigned to the Midwest <laughs> for a bunch of these pro organizations scouting wise, they're going to need some help this year. Um because there's a long list of guys that they're going to be uh, dialed in on over the course of the spring because they've got some arms, they've got some bats. Um, it's it's an impressive group. So I, I, I'm looking forward to following this group. I think there's some guys that we're going to hear called, have their names called pretty early on in the draft next year. Yeah. Unfortunately for our guys from Texas, they showed up the first game and they saw Siebert, who was 94-96, <laughs> um, and then they saw Sloan, who was 94, 96, uh, both had good, both had good sliders and a firm changeup. Um, that's, that's kind of a rude way to begin your, uh, your area code experience. But yeah, that was just kind of how it was with these White Sox guys, man. It was just arm after arm after arm. Um, I mean, Owen Hall, uh, we'd seen him a couple of times. That was by far the best I've seen him. It was like, he was 91 to 97, um, kind of dialed it back when he needed to, to kind of get to command more. But um, slider, 83, 85, 2700 RPM, uh, 87, 89 changeup uh, as well. Uh, just lived up to the hype there. I mean, the North Texas scouts that also have Oklahoma are going to be in business yeah. with, with Owen Hall and uh, – and uh, Shoal as well. Like those guys are going to command. But uh, and so, somebody, I can't remember who it was, but so, one of the guys we know has Arkansas as well as ooh. part of Texas. So they'll get to go see Slade Caldwell, your your fave. Oh man, my boy Slade. That's going to be a fun watch. But yeah, like Oki, like we were told, hey, this guy's probably going to be one of the better arms here. Sure enough, uh, it was electric. And like you said, it's kind of a, a little bit of a lower slot look, but like he gets, when he finishes, he gets his body into really good positions. Um, and then just the stuff was was really, really good. Some probably, some of the best stuff. I mean, the slider was 20, 2,900 RPM, really good. Uh, you mentioned Kate Durney was up to 95. Uh, I mean, it was just arm after arm with these guys, uh, impressive stuff, which, I mean, ended up being a lot of video. We've got a lot of video of these guys um, from the work on a mound. So really, really fun group. Uh, it was a treat to watch those guys, especially when they had their dudes in the lineup, like one through five, like or heck, one through like seven or eight. Uh, good luck. Uh, Cause a lot of those guys could drive the ball out of the yard and uh, could run. And I'm glad you mentioned that about JD Dix. Like I, I like he, you could tell that he was a little bit frustrated, but not in a bad way early on, just cause he wasn't getting that knock. And by the end of the event, I mean, he, he, was continued to play really, really hard. His effort was great down the line in good times. Didn't carry that with him to what he was doing in those final days. He started really impacting the baseball. You get to see that talent shine bright. I always like to see guys that handle that sort of stuff. Well, I'm on that stage. Uh, good looking kid, physically chance to stick on the dirt long-term um, talented hitter, uh, fun guy to watch. Uh, all right, let's well, wrap it up. Well, hold on. it's funny, you know, like, talk about like all the big arms 
they that doesn't even include Carson Wiggins, who was yeah. on the roster but didn't make it. I think he threw really well in Globe Life the following yeah. week, but I mean, like just another just another potential day one draft arm, you know, that they would have had rolling out there as well. Yeah, yeah, pretty wild, pretty wild. Um, just the talent, just I mean, it, it was. It was really, really impressive. But the but the Yankees Yankees got them in the title game. Um, I was following the updates on my phone as I was I was flying back, and uh, I was kind of like, wow, like it was a tight game, and then all of a sudden the Yankees blew it up. But uh, uh, another fun group, um, you know, a group that like the Midwest team, some bigger, um, physical guys on there. Uh, two of the more well-known guys heading into the event were uh, were Owen Pano and Brendan Lawson. Uh, Lawson, I thought by the end of it, was really starting to show his stuff. Um, was get, I think he had two big knocks in that title game. Uh, made a couple of of uh, stellar plays defensively. Um, Pano, you could kind of see the tools working there. Didn't have as loud a performance, but you could see why he was a big name um, heading into the event. And then our guy Dante Nori, man, just hits. He hits like another one. I thought both the underclass and upper class, there were several left-handed hitting center fielders that were leadoff hitters. They are just like, man, I would love to have that guy um, leading my lineup and leading my team. Plays hard, can hit, bat the ball skill, works clout, counts, plate skills, can go get it in center field. I mean, Dante Nori, again, for the second year in the row, um, was, was a good player. Um, and Matt Conte for the second year in the row, catcher, uh, big physical right-handed hitting presence, um, some plate skills, strong arm behind the dish. Um, you know, you can see why that he's one of the more well-regarded uh, catching prospects in the country. Yeah, for sure. Big fan of Conte. A um, couple guys, you, know, you mentioned the big physical team. One of the guys that I really liked the way he played was was the opposite of that. Not one of the biggest guys, but really uh, looked like he had good instincts at the plate. James Fagnant from uh, East Granby, Connecticut. Um, had actually, I've actually had a few guys reach out and ask about him, uh, since the event. And I really like the way he played. He's a baseball player. Um, looks like he makes really good grades. Uh, so I'm a fan of the way he played, uh, William Kirk. Um, one of my actual, you know, I thought he had one of the best performances. Yeah, he did. of, Of the whole week, um, for anybody on the mound, uh, Chris Lavonis, Big time stuff. Uh, Wake Forest commit, you know, this shocking shocker. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Hanley um, was all tournament, one of the best two way guys out there. But man, he, he really, he really uh, hit the ball well, had five RBIs, two doubles, uh, hit 417 on the week. Um, so average wise, he led the team for the Yankees. I just kept seeing his name, you know, when we're looking in our group message with all of, the videos from you and Tracy and Jeff. I mean, his his name just kept popping up every time. Mm-hmm. Uh Anderson French hit a home run. Um yeah, I was I was sad that we didn't get to see Andre Maduno. He was on the roster going in. Um but I mean it's funny like you talk about them ending up winning it. Like you can see why like they you know they're one of those teams that like as they kind of got on the roll they just kind of found ways to win um and they were they were fun to watch I, you know like we talked about with the with the underclass group i don't know if they were quite as loud as the underclass group but you definitely know when they're there yeah. um you know they had a couple guys from texas bryce navarre 
uh, who um, was all tournament as well. And then Matt Scott, um, who we know what kind of player he is, Texas commit, big time power. Hit the ball um, hard multiple times. Yeah. Um, looked comfortable in the box. Um, but yeah, good group. Uh, I enjoyed watching them play for sure. Yeah. Kirk was was really good. Uh just comfortable 89-91. Um, you know, breaking ball, uh, fastball changeup played really well. Just kind of one of those profiles where the changeup and the fastball looks similar out of the hand. Um, and then kind of pulls a string on you a little bit, but another easy strike thrower. Uh, there, yeah. If not for Cooper Williams just being incredible, uh, I mean Bryce Navarre would have been the big talk from the state of Texas left-handed hitters. Like, yeah, both uh, both, both guys through four innings. Both guys. I think Cooper struck out eight. Navarre might have struck out nine. He struck out nine. Yeah. Uh, and it was the breaking ball was. It's just, it was probably the best curveball in the event. Super high spin. I mean, the spin rates are getting over 3,200 at some point. Um, and he could go to it at any count, and he would throw it at any count. Um, fastball, I believe, was 80, 88 to 90. Kind of held that for a while. Um, showed the changeup as well. Didn't quite land the changeup as much as I'd seen him land the changeup in the past, but it's certainly in there as a quality third pitch. But gave up one hit, two walks, nine punch outs. In four in uh in four innings, and he's gonna be a guy that's got he definitely has the attention of scouts uh moving forward. And I think if he comes out in the spring, he's a little bit stronger, and at that 88 to 90 is like 91, 93, and the fastball command ticks up, he's gonna get a lot, a lot of attention. But we know he's a very, very strong commitment to Texas AM. Um, you know, I mean, Texas AM coming out of this with Cooper Williams and Bryce Navarre uh looking like two monsters. If you get one of those two on campus, you're in business. Huge, huge. I know Max is looking his chops, but they had shoot, they had a bunch of arms between the upper and underclassmen that are pretty good. Um, yeah, just just studs. Yeah, it's funny too. Going back to Kirk, uh, was sitting with a couple pro guys at the time. One of them a scouting director, and one of them like one of the higher uh, pitching consultants in the in the organization. Um, but Kurt goes out there and before warmups were even done, one of the, one of the guys said, man, this just looks like a kid that's going to Virginia, just the way he throws and moves and all that. And I like flipped my notes over and I was like, yep. Like sure enough, been doing this a while, huh? Um, Yeah. But just, I always think that's funny because there's, there's definitely schools definitely have types um and then when you can like just go out there and see a kid throw a, a couple warm-up pitches and know where that guy like is probably going i think that's all that's always that was always interesting to me but yeah there's man I, i'm excited for you know there's a lot of programs like a, a duke a wake forest like schools on the on more of the west coast like arizona arizona state like i mean obviously those are historically good programs but mm-hmm. Um, they're com- coming back with newer coaches, newer, newer programs, uh, moving into a new conference, but there's a lot of, um, really interesting stuff. I think, you know, when you, you sit down and go through your notes and look where these guys are committed and seeing patterns and, um, uh, being able to guess who you think is going to be pretty competitive over the next several years. Oh yeah. Uh, and there's some people that, you know, have been good the last couple of years, like a Duke and a wake that are, 
you know, if this is any indication that are here to stay, um, you know, I just see a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of teams like that, that really, really do well and go after the right guys. And um, I don't know. I just, I, I see those things as being interesting. And one of the main storylines every year for me to watch and follow throughout the event. Yeah. And a lot of these guys are showing up to campus now, which makes, you know, getting those guys an even bigger, uh, bigger deal. A um, couple more arms before we get out of here. Gavin Lyons uh, to me was really good. Kind of a lower slot look fastball slider. Uh, just breezed through uh, his two innings just really comfortably. And then Dylan Hansen was up to a, up to 96 miles an hour. Um, kind of had a um, some life to what he was doing on the mound. Uh, change up curveball as well. Um, thought he showed some some really interesting stuff there. But yeah, the Yankees ended up uh, ended up being the champions uh, of the area code upper class. Um, edging, uh, getting the White Sox there in a game that was really tight early on, and they they blew it up. I think Jacob Hanley and and uh, Brendan Lawson kind of blew that game open later in the game there. And we know we know the Yankees didn't lack arms for sure um, up and down that roster. So, well, that wraps us up for area code upper class. Uh, again, we did the underclass the previous podcast. Uh, going through the upper class, all eight teams, um, and uh, every team ended up playing five games. So, you know, you're thinking a lot of these guys ended up getting some of these guys got, you know, 13, 14, 15 plate appearances. So pretty good sample size uh, for scouts and for for people watching just to kind of get a feel for, you know, what kind of players these guys are, how they handle adversity, how they handle stuff. How do they play defensively when they get on the mound? How do they handle all that? What's the strike throwing like? And then in some instances, you got to see guys multiple times in the mound, kind of see if, you know, if the stuff looked the same, if they bounce back, so on and so forth. So um, that is the area code upper class. Um, and again, we've got video on so many of these guys. Um, you go to fivetool.org and just search the name. Uh, if you're looking for a guy, uh, every video that we've got for him will pop up on the profile page, or you can simply click uh, for these guys would be the area code upper class badge. And you click that and it brings up a list of all the guys that we've covered um, that were area code upper class members and kind of go through there and look through the list um, and find player, uh, find some players that way as well. But um, in the future, we'll have kind of the written form of this um, on the website with a bunch of our, our notes um, through the gosh, how many days of that five days for the upper class of games and four days for the under class of games. So nine days uh, of baseball, um, 36 one, games, 36 games with one breading practice session uh, mixed in between. And so your Stroh Snyder uh, shattered a glass on the building yeah. behind, behind uh, the right field. Um, I was like, I was thinking like, as I was like running up our, uh, top 10 uh, 2024 prospects for Texas. And I was like, I wonder if anybody was in the building when that happened. Like, like I can't imagine like if you're just sitting in there and all of a sudden the glass breaks as a ball comes flying through there, like what the reaction your would dorm, be. Your dorm, it's a dorm room. Okay. And I also, it reminds me of, so one of my favorite traditions was the announcer doesn't start before 9 a.m. ever, even though the game started at 8 a.m. I was like, is this guy just super committed to being a nine to five guy? Like what's, you know, what's kind of going on <laughs> here? And and I was told, um, um, Carlos Carrazzo from baseball America. Um, he was like, the campus has a rule that there can't, there's like a noise deal for dorms until 9am. 
So that's, that's why he shows up at 9 a.m. It's like the third inning. Like well, you get the I don't know that the like, <laughs> I don't know that the football team was following that then. No, they weren't. They weren't. Okay. No, they weren't. And like we're playing like they're blaring music in between innings or stuff like that. It's like, okay, I think the announcer could be out here. He's probably like the lowest volume thing that's coming through the speakers um at these 8 a.m. games. So uh, I was like, oh, okay, I got my answer. It's just not some bit where the guy's just like, no, I'm only showing up at 9 a.m. no matter what, unless you guys pay me more. So I got my answer there. Um, but well, that wraps, wraps us up. You got anything else before we get out of here? I don't. I don't. Just uh, looking forward to the weekend. I don't have plans. Don't have anything official on the, on the book. So no – Planned baseball at this point. Yeah, that, no traveling, no, no anything. Nation. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, for now, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens in a, in a couple of days. But yeah, it's it's kind of a weird feeling to uh, to not be like, all right, I got to prepare for this or going here, or going there, or whatever. So little little downtime before the uh, before the fall gets going. But uh, all right, for Drew, I'm Dustin. Thanks for listening to episode 124 of the Five Tool Podcast. Again, follow us at Five Tool Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Until we talk to you all next time, have a good weekend. Take care.